one day we will get to the level of having a producer. We've had somebody request to be our audio person, and I'm debating taking them up on that. Wait, really? Yeah. Um, I think now that we're doing two... It was, it was Mike, the guy who was asking you about the audio problems mm, on that yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Mike. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, still thinking about it. Uh, you know, I kind it's kind of weird le- le- letting the control go out of our hands, but um, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. What's it's weird? I feel like I just spoke to you because it, there wasn't nine weeks in between. Well, and also I just listened to the episode that you posted, um, so mm-hmm. I do feel like we just talked. <laughs> but it really, it was just me listening to us talk previously. It does feel right. odd that we don't have anything Game of Thrones to catch up on, nor will we ever again. I mean, I, I could not be less interested right now in this prequel series they're working. Oh yeah, on. I doubt I'm going to watch it, but. I did watch the end of Veep, though, um, which I don't know if you watched that show. It's... No. Okay, I, highly, I, I have. I've watched like, it. yeah, I've watched a lot of it, and then we fell off it. But now that it's completed, I think we'll probably pick it back up again. This last season is really it's. I mean, there's no bad season in Veep. They're all really good. So right. Yeah. Um, we picked up Chernobyl. How is it? It's really good. Is it's it? not fun yeah but it's it's ve- it's very good okay it's it's funny because i think everyone's like talking about how bleak it is and it's not like it's it's bleak but it's not like at least as far as we've gotten it's not like gory or intense like game of thrones mm-hmm. was it's mm-hmm. just it's just they set it up so that there's like something happens and then they cut to a shot of like the wind blowing through trees and you're like oh god no because you know there's radiation in that breeze oh. <laughs> so it's stuff like that and it's 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 very good um we watched i think the first two maybe three episodes and then kind of fell off for a little bit so we need to pick that back up um but it's 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 good great i think people should will check it out because it's interesting to me like Knowing I live in a post Chernobyl world, but still having everything that happens be very oh god like to yeah. Me. But man, I it's so weird. I feel like I've just like nothing much has happened in the past few days. Isn't that kind of good though? Ah, uh, you know. It's nice to have quiet times. Yeah. Man, I really got nothing. We're gonna edit like a large part of this. <laughs> out. I've got nothing. Nothing besides Frasier to talk why, about. Why I'm do I excited. feel like our I, audience is going to be like, "Thank God they're finally just getting to the episodes." It's weird because I, I don't I don't know. I have I have you know what, folks, send us a, a an email if you want if you're like, "Boy, I wish they'd get to the to the episode more." I figure after 41 or however many episodes, if you really are just upset that we're not getting to the, the Frasier quickly, then you've you're you're not listening to this episode, but I don't know. Let's hop into it then, man. Yeah. Weird. Hello, Seattle. Oh, right. That's right. We have to start the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. We get together and we talk about Frasier and sometimes other stuff and sometimes nothing at all. This week we have uh, now jumped into season four. And I got to say, from my side of things, I'm excited for season four because I very much like this first episode. Uh, you know, it's funny, as I watched this episode, so I, I love this episode, mm-hmm. and as I watched it, I was like, I wonder if Ryan likes it. I could see you being like, this is so contrived. Well, here's the thing, and we'll get into this sec, but first I want to point out that ever since last episode, when you said, um, 
I'm not going to tell you with the, what the VIEs are. It's had the opposite effect we've wanted where I go, <laughs> I wonder if this is the VIE. I wonder if this is the VIE. Like, now I'm like trying to figure out. I will say this one was really good. And, and, and uh, now that I'm looking at it because I've moved on to the IMDb uh, updates because I think they have some of the best. They're a little more detailed yes. than the Netflix and not nearly as detailed as the Wikipedia. It's got it's got yes. a nine point two rating. Not to influence our ratings later, and maybe from now on I'll I, I'll say what we do afterwards. But it's it's rated very highly. Yeah, I, I that doesn't surprise yeah. me. So uh, the first one we're looking at, guys, like we said, season uh, four, episode one, uh, the two Mrs. Cranes. Daphne's ex fiance Clive visits her in Seattle to declare that he still loves her. Rather than tell him she can't see a future for them, she pretends to be married to Niles. See, it's like everything you need. It's, it's not. It's I like these. And, and it sets up enough intrigue to where you're like, oh, I want to watch that episode. Like, here's just to give you an idea. Here's a Netflix one. Daphne is surprised when her ex-fiance, whom she hasn't seen in five years, arrives in Seattle and wants to see her. I yeah. It, like that. That's real it's dry. Like, it's <laughs> like that's like the first two minutes. Yeah. If that. Um, I Yeah, like I said, I really like this one. Now, I think I've said on the podcast before, this follows a, a, a trope that happens a lot of times in sitcoms that I do typically hate. And that's the whole, like, you know, oh, what a tangled web we weave type thing where it's like more and more lies, dig you deeper and deeper. Yes. But I think this approaches it head on and even makes fun of it at certain points. Yes, like Martin continuing to complicate the charade is just so it's funny. It's also very low stakes, so it never won- yeah. like because I don't care about Clive. First of all, is this actor? I kind of want to dig in and find out if the actor who's playing uh, Clive is actually British. Oh, that's a good point. I, I I did not recognize his name at the end, and now I don't remember what it was. I I don't I don't know this guy Scott Scott Atkinson. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a British sounding name. He was in an episode of Dexter. No, I don't think he's really British. I did write almost half a page just of LOLs, though. Oh, okay. Like, they they were just flying fast and furious it in was this episode. Re- it was, it, I think that's why it was very... Uh, Frasier's at its best when it's a farce, and this was very farcical. Um, basically, like the thing says, Daphne gets a phone call from her, her ex-boyfriend who they decide... Um, you know, like we're gonna her ex her ex fiance. We're gonna break things off, but if in five years nothing's going on, we'll reexamine. This seemed to be a trope in like the '90s of like movies and I, stuff. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Like no one ever does this. Well, there's that movie. There's that movie that just is out on Netflix that you you'll always be my maybe, which sounds always be my yeah. Maybe, it yeah. sounds like it's talking about backup plans. Yeah. I, I um, seen well, it. It, like that's the premise of my best friend's wedding. Although in my best friend's wedding, they're. Um, their deal was if they both turned 30 and were still single, they would marry each other. She's I was like, 30, 30 in that movie? <laughs> uh, it's like they're coming up on being 30, yeah. No, she's older than but that, also, isn't she? Oh, oh, well, yeah, of course, Julie Roberts was probably older than that, but her character was supposed to be, like, almost 30. You sure it wasn't 40? I am sure because I've rewatched the movie and I'm always stunned that 30 was the, well, that's it. We're 30 and not going to meet anyone else. She doesn't look, oh my God, she's supposed to be 27. So it's not even, they're, they're close to 30. She's 27. Or she's supposed to be. Okay, what year did this come out? This is, I hate Maybe this. came out in 1996 or 97. Okay. I mean, she wasn't. She was, she was 30. I was about to say, she wasn't, like, in her 30s. I think she was, like, 
She's younger than I thought she was, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. I mean, I just thought she looked amazing for a much older age. I thought she was older than Keanu Reeves, but I just got done. We saw John Wick on Sunday, and boy, does he not age. Him and Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. It's so funny. There's this thing. I know you don't like talking about wrestling, but there's this whole thing where it's like wrestlers that are younger than Paul Rudd, and it shows Paul Rudd, and it's like triple. Mm -hmm. It's all these ones who look like death. (laughs) <laughs> like they're all like, and they're like, Triple H is four years younger than Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's like, hey guys, that's <laughs> like, I mean, so that happens to get punched in the face on a weekly basis, I guess. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I, I, you're right in that. You're right in that being a trope in the '90s yeah. where that was like, and I remember thinking, I guess people make these deals, and you know what? I I think one person has kind of jokingly offered to make that deal with me, and the deal was four. But it was a it was a was guy like, who made it no. right. I mean, obviously, yes. if, he's make, if it's with you. But what I'm saying is, like, yes. this is a – they make this sound like this is something women do. I think this feels like a guy – like a male contrivance to me. Yeah, I just, I just know. Also, listeners, if you know anybody who has actually, like, seriously made one of these deals or even fulfilled one of these deals, please, please let us know. If you've ever been propositioned for one of these deals – I just, there's a lot of things that I think back to that I feel like, like, this is one of them, and I think we talked about something similarly. Oh, uh, singles bars. That was the thing I thought was going to end up being a much bigger thing oh, when I was yes. an adult. Like, you go to a bar, and the bar is specifically made to go, so you could just walk up to anyone and go, I am single, you are single, let's talk about <laughs> yes. it. Like, no. Or, like, there's bars that ask your relationship status as you try to enter, and they're like, nope singles only Which, how would they know do you remember did you ever hear about i i was listening to a podcast or talking about it some like howl at the moon or pete's piano bar they had one of these do you ever hear about a stoplight party uh-huh we um we considered throwing one until um well we were told we couldn't that it was not approved <laughs> it's also everyone has to agree it's all in good fun and not like Yes. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's also when for some fraternities in some schools have thrown stoplight parties, and they have a really, really seedy like. Yeah. Uh, not seedy is the wrong word. No, nope, seedy um, probably pretty close. Predator, predatory, yes. almost like tinge yeah, to them. Well, um, ours was just like, if you're single, you are green, and if you're like, um. Like, not sure. It's complicated. You wear yellow. And if you're definitely, like, dating somebody, you wear red. Yeah. No. I think if a fraternity played it, it'd be like, there would be no women invited who were reds, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And and, uh, green means, like... Like, I imagine, like, a woman standing talking to someone... I actually don't even want to, like, finish my sentence. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) No, I don't want to finish my sentence. (laughs) Uh, A woman standing, like, in a green shirt and then just, like, this blur comes and you hear the sound of, like, a a jungle cat and then she just disappears. Like, that's how I feel, like, with the greens. It's like, rah! Like, someone's gone. It's not good. And I feel like that's, like, I feel like when sororities back in the day before even we were in college when they would throw those parties, it was much tamer. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of became the general consensus, like, the really predatory like fraternity parties and so it was kind of like no we can't do uh, that before uncle um, gary asks a uh, st- uh a stoplight party is basically you wear green if it's it's red if no i'm in a relationship no no funny business yellow if like it's complicated and then green is like good Ooh. to go 
and looking back, I'm like, what is yellow? Like, oh, I might be dating somebody. I might not. Like, I don't think I'd want to wear yellow to a party. Well, it'd be more like the way I see it is yellow would be all the women, single women would wear yellow so that they could have an out. <laughs> and all the men would yeah. wear all green and be like, hey, <laughs> like green party, huh? Um, yeah. Have you seen that video going around of like the uh, sorority welcoming everyone to rush or whatever? And it. It, it, and people are like, this is the most horrifying thing they've ever seen. Maybe? I think I retweeted it. It's it's three women in front. It's it's framed very well, so you see them in front of like what are obviously the sorority house doors. And it's uh-huh. like, hi, I'm Maddie, and I'm the blah blah blah. Uh, uh, I'm the social chair. But she's doing she's doing it to like like Stockholm syndrome. It looks bad. Like the other two girls look happy, but they look fine. The first girl I remember is just like, hi, I'm Maddie. Don't you want to be an 80 pie? <laughs> and then, like, the other two say something. I'm so-and-so, and I'm the rush chair. I'm so-and-so. And they go, we're so glad you're here. And then they open the doors, and you start hearing, like, woo, which it's okay. But when they open it, it's they're all the women are laying tiered on something so that, so that it looks like all – I'm going to find it and send it to you, and we're going to... Please do, then post it also in the Facebook oh, group. Oh, we're going to because... live watch this. Like, we'll, oh, we're watching right now. I Yay. want you to watch it because we're going to talk about it. So I'll just... This will be especially interesting because... So it's called door formation when in Rush when you... Like, the doors open and you're there cheering to welcome the girls. Like, you are in door formation. That's got to be it. But they're not clapping. They're doing this with... They're, like, wiggling their fingers. <laughs> and it looks... Like, it has been sent to... Uh, um, Jordan Peele is like, this should be your next movie. Ugh, like, I'm watching it again. And then they start cheering. And the cheer is not bad, but it's just very odd. Oh, God. God, like, all right, where's your window? Where are you? Okay, here we go. Way to minimize me in life. <laughs> okay. And we'll let you watch it once, and then kind of you describe what you see. Okay. Um, is the video going to... Oh, okay. Oh, wait, hang on. I, I don't have sound on here. Let oh, you need sound. Really yeah, I know. I, okay. I hope that's not really loud. Oh, God. <laughs> ah! Ah! Oh, my God! Isn't that a lot? <laughs> Listeners, the fate, Laurel has put both her hands to her face <laughs> in, a, in a Kevin McAllister like uh situation and I it's just, think- just it looks you look a little bit i'm gonna say um you look now you look shocked mouth agape before you just looked a little like upset <laughs> isn't it upsetting that, it is okay so one of the girls not the maddie girl who's like hi i'm maddie one of the girls is that who introduces herself is like dead behind the eyes the whole time I mean, and as they're clapping she's like 80 pie boom boom don't you want to go 80 pie boom boom wear white and blue boom boom and i'm just like what your eyes are not moving <laughs> so <sighs> it's a lot it's, but like they, they, people have made gifts of just like repeating gifts of just the like isn't that horrible like i'm gonna look like so and so I went through 
sorority recruit. Oh my god, that was really scary to look down and see you doing that. Um, I went through sorority recruitment on both sides, and we do something called door formation, which is but we do the sorority squat where like the the very where it's just levels, but that don't look as creepy as yeah. that, and we don't wiggle. It's like the doors open and we're wiggling our feet. I feel like there was a bunch of decisions like, okay, we don't want to, we can't clap because they're all like laying down in the front, so they can't clap because, like. I can yeah. see everything that went into doing this. Like we'll wiggle. So, we need something uh, uh, kinetic, so we'll wiggle our fingers. And it's also quiet. Like it's not like. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's not. It's, it's not overcoming quieter. their screaming. But what they don't realize is now it's just this. It's like opening the doors to hell. It's just like this <laughs> wave of just the 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 sound of of the wailing damned and it's just it's so much so I, I feel like i'd have to defend the door formations we did but it would just be you would open the door it would be about a 10 solid seconds of Woo! and then you would land in your door formation which like if you were in the back you'd be standing up or you would be like kind of sorority squatting or if you were on the bottom you it looks like a you know just yeah. a normal pyramid of like a picture it's pyramid to get almost. everybody in there so you see all faces instead of just the first seven people yes exactly and then we would do some like clapping cheer usually about how happy we were to see them and, like welcome to our home and we wear the we wear pink and brown and love under the crescent moon and then like and then the the, the pyramid splits into two lines and the girls walk in and you just peel off and like this person takes a girl, this person takes a girl, this person takes a girl. I, I guess if you, yeah, I don't know, it still sounds. I think, I if. Oh, it's it sounds completely crazy unless you're amongst a bunch of other sorority girls talking about it, and then you're like, this makes so yeah, much that's, sense. Yeah, that's that's like, so well organized. That's why I can see that the it's like everyone's like, why did they think this is a good idea? I'm like, you obviously weren't a panhellenic person if you don't like don't under like we did stuff like we videotaped everyone coming in so later we could watch and go okay who talked to this guy and like oh that's really smart right but it's also not very cool when it comes to like <laughs> like security and stuff like that but it's like if you're signing up for this you know stuff like that's gonna happen you know what i'm saying like yeah. nobody's like nobody who's i think going through rush goes oh they videotaped me so they could go okay who talked to this guy who was this guy what's his name and see, that's where we know who each girl has talked to because who picks them up at the door is not an accident. Yeah. And that person is in a group of people that will all talk to that girl. So yeah, it's just that. that I... Can I share, though, the most stressful thing that happened in Rush? I, if, when I talk about it, like my heart starts beating I mean, because it was so stressful. Are you going to be okay? I, I, you, I will. Once you start, if you want to stop, I'm not going to make you finish. Okay. So we had a rule. So the, the thing is that, um, you know, a girl cannot walk through the sorority house alone, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, she's guided, guided to a certain spot where we all, like, stand and talk. Um, our rule in our house was a girl could not reach our front step because as soon as you walked in, there was an immediate step. And it was like a rush, a potential new member cannot hit that front step without being guided by somebody. I'm halfway back through the line, clapping, moving along in the line, waiting to pick up the girl I'm supposed to pick up. And I see a freshman walking through whoever was supposed to pick her up at the front the girl at the very front missed her mm -hmm. and this freshman girl is now walking through i i see this i'm a senior at this point i launch myself out of line basically tackle this freshman girl <laughs> and i'm like oh, I'm, there. <laughs> I'm laurel welcome it's so good to see you did they, did they end up rushing 
<laughs> so no. But I was shaking because it was such a like disaster. And like, and I just remember the people in my group coming to her and being like, who is this girl? We weren't supposed to get this girl. And I'm like, this is Amber! So, <laughs> just screaming. She, w- she was like, I would have loved she it if she had taken one look at you and just like walked back out and like, I'll be outside. Just wa- waited at the front was, porch. Oh my God. I was like shaking so much. And then I just remember the door shutting after that party and me being like, who messed this up? I know, but like. It was a very big deal, I know, I was about, I'm about to tell you two little words that you probably don't want to hear right now, but who cares? Like, that was, there was a lot of times when I asked that in the middle of Sig Up things. I have a question. Uh, does anybody care? Like, why do we have to do this? If I tell that story to any of my fellow Panhellenic sisters, they would all be like, what a nightmare. That's what you call confirmation <laughs> bias. And I love it. Man, just I'm really worried about the girl who's dead behind the eyes, though. <laughs> uh, it's really funny because watching it for this time, I've noticed there's way more behind those girls. Oh, yeah. Because there's hands going up. Yes, Again, hands it looks like up. a choreographed dance number for like Dante's Inferno. It is frightening <laughs> to me. I, listeners, I just can't wait for us to post this in the Facebook group and for y'all to see Ugh. this. Um, um, yeah. Okay, let's ba- let's get to, back to Frazier. The, the business at hand, Frazier. Uh, um. Daphne brings this this guy comes over she's worried he's kind of a layabout uh without any job prospects he comes over so she well it's her ex-fiance she dumped him because she saw no future with him because he was never couldn't hold a job so she he comes over and she they're talking because they think they're in private and Niles is hidden in the kitchen or has gone in the kitchen and just been I think he hid didn't he didn't he Daphne didn't know he was over did she know he was over I don't think he was hiding. Well, whatever it was, he was in the kitchen, and then Clive came out, and they're about to talk, and, and, and Niles walks out, and then Daphne starts pretending that they're married, which, of course, Nick Niles is very interested in. From there. Yeah, and then oh, Frazier yes. comes out, and it's Frazier lives there with them. Temporarily, because he's had a tip with his wife. Maris. Maris. But every time they bring in a new lie, you see them like do like a very theatrical, like, uh, you had a tip with your wife, uh, Maris. Yes. Like they, uh, it's very <laughs> staged. And then Martin comes in, and Martin is like, I, you know, they're like, you, you need to leave. He's like, what do you mean? You don't think I can lie too? And he goes, and he's like, so what do you do, Martin? He's like, I'm an astronaut. And then like, <laughs> just the the slight smile that John Mahoney has on his face throughout almost this entire episode, just like it killed me every well, time. It, I just it, laughed. Every it becomes time. really good when Martin, who has no like. He's like no skin in this game. It's just like, yeah. I'm just gonna sit around and try and screw everybody up. So like, Roz walks in for a second. He's like, "Hey, Maris!" Like, he's the one who says, "Hey, Maris!" Right? Yes. So he, yeah. So when when Roz bangs on the door and Frazier does that very slow, so such a good physical comedy, that very slow, hesitant walk to the door and is like, "Who is yeah. it?" And Roz is like, "Frazier, open up!" And Martin's like, "It's Maris." Yeah. I I love I, I think that's what started making it fun for me is it became this game for Martin and then it was again I think when like Michael Scott is trying to what was what was what was his the the woman he ended up with Holly when Holly comes and he's just falling over himself trying to 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 relate to her like those are stakes I like I don't want to see him fail like this if it fails mm-hmm. that character who's just arrived on the show leaves the show like that's it's yeah. there's nothing there's nothing here so that didn't make me feel awkward I love Martin playing the game 
Um, yeah, I love Niall's desperate attempts to continue to have physical affection with Daphne, even as she gets more and more like, oh, Clive's a brand new person, and maybe I actually would like right, to right, be right. with him. I, I, I think, it, you know, I think Niles did that without seeming too creepy. No. No. Yeah. That is one thing that my parents and I remember that we quoted a lot is the love toll. When he's like, oops, pay the toll. Oops, too much. Here's your yes. change. I. <laughs> I, I like Roz starting to hit on him and then her and, and, and Daphne kind of lying their way into making the other one seem worse. And yes. then and then Niles yes. goes, Well that's because Frazier is impotent and then like <laughs> I and, don't like Kelsey Graber's just like on yeah, the like, like, that boy, just like Sure, Sir. whatever. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like again, I, I think that's what I liked about it is no one was really, no nothing no one was being hurt by these lies. Yeah. But it was just yeah. they were refusing it was it was it just seemed like a fun improv game. Yeah, that, that, that was it. It's just, yeah. It was, I do love, though, when Eddie runs out and he, Clive says, oh, what's this guy's name? And they all yeah. look at each other in horror. <laughs> they all like, what's the lie? And they're like, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie! <laughs> when they all realize, um, like, there's no reason to lie here. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I can I share some of my, uh, some of my LOLs? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Like, this show just started off strong when Fraser tells Daphne that a man named, named Clive called, and she goes, to, to, was he English? And he said, no, no, it was one of those fiery Mexican Clives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I kept hoping it was going to be Clive Owen, but it was not. Oh, this is way before Clive Owen's time. Also, what has Clive Owen been up to? I, I miss seeing his beautiful face. Uh, I'll find out for you, go. I just, I love Clive Owen so much. He's in um, something recently I, I remember seeing. When Niall says to show Clive to the master bathroom, the shower being so large and Manchester being so rainy. Hmm. <laughs> That, uh, oh, when they talk about that Fraser was married to Maris and now they, they've had a tiff and Martin says, you couldn't stand her either. <laughs> yeah, and they both have a real good laugh over that. I, uh, and then the last one was uh, talking about uh, when Fraser's like, admonishing Daphne in the kitchen for her flirting and he says, if you batted your eyelashes any harder, you blow out the candles. <laughs> uh, just good Ellis. Like, I actually just guffawed a few times at this episode. The, so. Yeah, I was watching it. I was watching it pretty late and by myself, and I was still having a pretty good time with it. Um, the two big things I'm seeing, he was. In, I mean, he mostly does kind of think smaller stuff now. Uh, he was in a movie called, if you remember, uh, the trailers Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, which did not do well. Ooh. And then he's coming out in Gemini Man, which is the one where older Will Smith fights younger Will Smith. Seen the trailer for that? Okay. Nope. So not a whole lot. Okay. It hasn't even. Clive, yeah. maybe talk to your agent. Unless you're happy, Clive. If you're happy, you do you. Oh, he's um, in a he's in a you... play called The Night of the Iguana. Okay. Based on a 1948 short story by Tennessee Williams, so he's doing some stage stuff. Mm. I mean, that's where a lot of actors' real love is theater. <laughs> Um, are you, do you want to, do you want to rate the episode? Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I know the number, but again, I'm stuck on the. Oh, I, I've got an object, but you're probably going to yell at me because it's playing what you wanted to pick. Wow. Or you could have just said it and seen what happened, <laughs> but, uh. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and go because I already have it. I'm going to, I think I'm going to give this, I know I used to say I don't want to do half numbers, but I think I'm going to give this like 8.5 opera glasses. Wasn't what I was going to pick. I was going to pick, I was going to say eight and then you said eight and a half but you said you didn't want to i'm gonna give it a nine i really like this one this was a pleasant surprise i'm gonna give it nine scratchy sweaters <laughs> um yeah i was 
I've, I'd forgotten about this episode, I, I, and I was like, gosh, and this is this is a really strong season. It's opener. it's not a nine; it's an eight. I'm going back to eight, eight scratchy oh, sweaters. Oh, okay. I feel like nine's okay. like really good, and ten's like oh, like really exciting. But I mean, I, I don't even know like if my vie in the first in the second season got a ten. Mm, I don't think I've. I don't know if I've given any episode a ten. Uh, I gave uh, the one the first one the about Roz. Oh, you didn't give the matchmaker. <laughs> matchmaker's matchmaker's probably my favorite right now. If I had to go back and redo it, but the next one, Love Bites Dog. Although Fraser hates blind dates, he's pleasantly surprised when Ross fixes him up, fixes him up with her gorgeous friend Sharon. Again, not really the plot of the episode. <laughs> I will tell you the IMDb. Ross sets Fraser up with her friend Sharon, but Bulldog steals her away. That sentence alone is already better. After spending the weekend with her, Bulldog shocks both Frazier and Roz by falling in love with her. Martin searches for the maker of his classic shoes. We even get the B-plot! I thought the B-plot was really odd, <laughs> and it seemed like they had written it and been like, we're just stick this in some episode where we don't have anything for Martin and Daphne to I mean, do. I wonder how much of sitcom writing is that, of where you're like, I've got this that, kind of true. weird thing, and then they write something, but... Um, I thought it was weird the 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 minor gay panic joke where the guy wasn't going to tell Martin where he got the shoes unless he kissed him and Martin was like oh like isn't isn't uh what's the, what's John Mul- Mulroney wasn't he gay John Mahoney um I think it is speculated yes oh I thought it was he was out I I don't I don't think uh, when he passed away, my friend said she was surprised that none of his obituaries mentioned the fact that he was gay. And I was like, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. And she was like, oh, I think it's – she thought he had come out. And I was like, I actually can't find anything that says he came mm. out. But I think it's perhaps going to be one of those kind of open secrets. But, yeah, I think that, that it, it, it was kind of annoying when they did that. But uh, how far have you ever gone for a comfortable pair of shoes? We're going to really cover this B plot. <laughs> like a distance? Plot? I don't know. Like what's the – you don't have a thing where like I have to have these shoes because they're so comfortable. Because I feel like – there was... I think I think the most comfortable shoes are Cole Haan, and they're pretty easy to find. <laughs> so I don't go to Nordstrom Rack, folks. If you want Cole Haan shoes at a decent price, go to Nordstrom Rack. The end. <laughs> Actually, the most comfortable pair of shoes I have right now are like the Skechers version of Allbirds, those like wool, you know, sneakers that like are all on social media and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're slip-ons, but they have memory foam insoles. And I got them at Costco for twenty-five dollars, and they are like walking on clouds. Um, I have all New Balance and Crocs, so I really don't, like, I'm, I'm all about I'm sorry. Crocs? Crocs. I have a pair of Crocs. Like, 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 what I'm thinking of is what you have, like, the, just the classic Crocs? Yes, for a couple reasons. One, I'm diabetic. Okay, you have okay. to be careful with your feet, so I always have to have shoes on. <laughs> Two, I bought them once, like, five years ago, and they're still good, so I just wear them around the house, or if I have to walk the oh, dog. Okay. I don't. I think that's fine. I all, so you made it. You made it sound like you had like lots of pairs of New Balances and lots of pairs of Crocs. I have, so I wanted to talk about this Croc collection that you I had. I got a pair of New Balance, and then I went to get new shoes, and I bought a pair of shoes, and I went, okay, these are great. And then I went home and went, these are the exact same shoes. I just bought the same shoes I used to have again. Um, no, I've only ever had one pair of Crocs. I don't really mind them as much as most people, but they're definitely like around the house. Like sometimes if I go to the store and I just go quickly, all of a sudden I'm at the store, I'm like damn it i'm wearing my crocs like i get real like mm-hmm. upset like how did this happen yeah um i worry about that because i have my slippers are um 
they, they, they have like real shoe soles. Um, and I'm, I'm worried that at some point I'm going to like go to work in them. That, yeah. Because I, I feel like I'm wearing shoes. I, fe- I feel so. like it'd be a less of a problem in my industry, but they're also bright blue. So I don't, I, mm. when I get things that are utilitarian, I get them in bright colors so I don't lose them. Mm. Like, I have heard that they're really comfortable and Crocs actually branched out and makes a lot of like women's flats now. Mm-hmm. That are actually cute. Tara, so that's why I was kind of like, let's talk about these Crocs that you own. Tara looked into buying a bunch because she's always on her feet for her job and she mm-hmm. needs stuff that looks kind of prof- like just professional, like just black shoes, but works well for her being walking around and doing that sort of stuff. Um, and she looked into them. I, th- I don't think she liked them. I think they're more expensive than she thought they would be because the ones I have are like 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. She I, thought they were going to be that. like that. Um, what what did you think of this episode the, the the a plot i thought it was kind of a throwaway plot to be honest i wasn't super attached to it also i don't love bulldog and i don't know i got i was kind of bored during this episode i was just, I, that's a really good way to put it because again it was late for me and this is the second one near the end i was like this is one where i was pausing it and going how much longer it wasn't it yeah. wasn't bad but it it would have been good for a doctor's office like it was on. Well, I don't know. It's kind of one of these things where Bulldog isn't in the show enough for me to care about a plot, an A plot that revolves fully right, right, around right. him. And he, well, it's so he's also not uh, deep enough to be super interesting. Like yeah. this is the most emotion we've seen out of him, and it's it's season four. You know, like. Yeah. Gil Chesterton's fun, but I don't want to watch a whole episode about him, and I don't think Bulldog's a more a deeper character than he is. That's that's why when I you know for a while there was that thing on Netflix where he started up and Bulldog was with everybody, and I yes. and then she, he was with like on the side with Roz. So I was like, man, is he gonna get together with Roz? And like at first I was like, oh, I, I like getting ready for it. Like maybe he'll grow as a character. It's season four, and he's still just like yelling and and doing dumb stuff. And if, it always feels like like this woman getting so angry at him and being like, you're on, and all that was so contrived. Yeah, it just. I don't. I don't know. I, this whole episode was kind of just like. Ugh. No idea who this woman was, though. This one got an eight point one on IMDb, though, so I don't know if that sullies the last rating. But yeah, she doesn't even have a picture. It's Jennifer Campbell. No idea. No, I've never. The the guy who played the wino seems to have a better IMDb page than her. He was in the last Starfighter. Yeah, I, I just was not super. Yeah, not super jazzed about this episode. Uh, it was nice to see Fraser go on a date with like a super hot model and then <laughs> have nothing happen. Yes, yes. Um, I feel like they really, <clears throat> you know, we, there was a time machine and they went back and really adjusted some of. They listened to our complaints about Fraser landing all these ladies mm-hmm. and they went back and made it a little bit more realistic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's what time travel technology has been used for. Yes. Um, so did you, we had some callers in this one. Did you, did you know the thread of these callers? Oh, oh gosh. I did. I know. I, I didn't even look at that at the end. Uh, um, so it was, it was callers into Bulldogs show. Is that yes. Right? So let me check one thing. Cause I, I'm about to make a sports statement. I don't want to sound stupid. I think I know who this is, but I don't want to. Yes, it is. So it was all sports people. Oh. It was the three people who called were Marv Albert and Bob Costas, who were both uh, sportscasters. Yes, and then Julius Irving, who is a uh, Dr. Oh, J. Basketball player. Yeah, Dr. J. Um, I, just, I was like, I'm sure that's Dr. J, but I don't want to say it's Dr. J. And then, like, 
can't be a dude and look like you don't know anything about sports, man. Um, yeah. I uh, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I kind of recognized Bob Costas's voice. Um, yeah, I, feel like I did I've heard not. Again, I was bored by this episode. So I love Bob Costas. I also love that I really only see him every two years when he does the Olympics. I did like. Like, does he do anything in the interim? I don't know. Uh, uh, he does. I mean, I feel like he started getting kind of political on the air, and so I think they took him off. Mm. Like political in the way you and I would probably like, but also like time and place. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's not what people watch you for. Bob. Marv Albert uh, had a weird sexual scandal where he was biting a hooker or something. Wasn't he, like, dressed as a woman? Maybe that was it. Let's at the same time. Let's get weird, listeners. Marv Albert. Sexual assault. Oh, not as fun as I thought it was going to be. Uh, Albert called her to his hotel room to help him send a fax, only for her to find him wearing white panties and a garter belt. So, whereas... Another thing where the lens of time has not been uh, kind to the way a situation was handled in the 90s. Um, I just remember them making fun of him in uh, on Saturday Night Live and it being funny and not realizing that this was pretty much uh, the same stuff that, like, similar to what uh, Harvey Weinstein was doing. So, mm-hmm. not cool. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Marv Albert, you're canceled. Uh and, and, but, and he's like still gets work like he was in Trainwreck that Amy Schumer movie as himself Marv Albert mm-hmm. no kidding yeah I guess he still does yeah, stuff yeah very close to the end like Bill Hader's character goes to like talk to some of his friends and it's like LeBron James Marv Albert right, right, right. And, gosh like a, a lady tennis player and I don't remember who cause he's um he's a sports guy isn't he in that movie I haven't seen Trainwreck he's a sports doctor yeah um Wait, did you say you haven't seen Trainwreck? Nope. Oh, it's really good, actually. But um, I'm not a big Amy LeBron Schumer James person. Is, I heard LeBron um, James is great in it, though. He is fantastic in it. <laughs> it is like shocking. Yeah, he's one of those guys. I <laughs> he's he's really actually like my favorite part of the whole movie. He's, he's one of those guys where everyone I've heard say it was like, yeah, it really sucks how he's a millionaire basketball player and he's also got a movie career waiting for him. <laughs> Yeah, he's just well. I'm I'm waiting for Space Jam, man. I I just watched The Nice Guys. Have you seen The Nice Guys? It's that uh, no. '70s cop movie with uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. It's like a comedy. Oh, oh, Ryan Gosling. Right, and he's hilarious in it, and it sucks because it's like you get to pick two things: you can have good actor and super good looking. You can't have funny. Funny is us ugly people's things. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Gosling is really funny. He, he's re- um, doesn't need to be funny a lot of the time. He's it's it's worth checking out. It's pretty it's it's really good. Um, I I liked when I liked the end of this one actually a little bit. Uh, kind of after I finally paused and there's like the last four minutes I thought were pretty good. Just because I liked uh, Fraser trying to do the, the show and be like, "Do you think blah blah?" He's like, "Yes." <laughs> Next call. I like Fraser not knowing anything about sports. I like Frazier going in. I kind of like the idea of Bob of, of Bob Costas, is what I almost said, of Bulldog being like, stop being a psychiatrist for a second, Doc, and just be a guy, which I thought was going to be a little bit nicer, and him being like, like well, be a friend. Instead, it was just, mm-hmm. she's the worst. She's, a, she's terrible. Yeah, that's sort of thing that really didn't age well in this episode, but I, I, I wanted to get up in arms about it, but I was just like, ugh. <laughs> I mean, as, as a guy, sometimes you got to hear that, and sometimes it's got to be complete and utter uh bullshit but it also like 
you know, when you're just broken up with someone, you don't want to hear like, well, what did you do? And maybe like, you kind of want to just hear they screwed up. And then later you can deal with like, how are you also a party to this? To be fair, like girls do this too, but we're we're not quite as aggro about it. Right, right, right. Well, it was just fun. (laughs) I love when he goes back to Niles and Niles is like, (laughs) well, they said, well, he's like, no, let's go someplace where they don't even have a reservation. And Niles just slaps him across. I know. I loved that. I loved that. I did. I did actually burst out It was a good, it was a good stinger at the end of a, of a so-so episode. Yeah. Um, Do you have a uh, rating for this episode? Rating? Um, I am going to give it five pairs of the slippers that Eddie brings to Martin after they come back from their walk. I just thought that was really sweet. Why did he why did he do that? I forgot about that. Cuz he Martin comes in from their walk all grouchy because Eddie dragged him through rain puddles. Oh, right, 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 right. On their walk. And remember Eddie walks in his head's down. He looks so sad. Um when you have an Eddie looking like dog, you just get very sad when you see Eddie sad. I I I'll give it a uh I think I'd give it a, I would say a five and a half, but I'm going to say probably a six. Cause it's like five is like, it was fine. Yeah. Six. I just give it a six. Cause the last five minutes I thought were funny. Six. What? I, I don't, I don't know. Six. What about the shoe? The shoes that Martin wanted? Muckabees? Is that what they're called? Is that a real shoe? I don't, I thought they were trying to make it like Mucklucks, which is a real shoe. Oh, there's but like, the, but they changed the brand. Muck, Muck. Uh, be shoe. I put, and it was like, did you mean Mike Huckabee? I was like, no. <laughs> Are Muckabee's shoes reels from the Fraser Reddit? Well, there are no such thing as Muckabees in the U.S., but Martin's shoes in that episode were probably Clark's shoes for the dads. The unhip should be their motto. Excuse me, Clark's shoes are very nice. Actually, I, I I had a pair of Clark's like walking shoes for like a trip to Europe, and they were very comfortable. But I did call them my old lady walking. Shoes. They're very. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 interesting because I think they I think they they're I don't know if they're more or less hip. I have, I feel like in the last few years I go in there I'm like I don't want anything. I also don't really own a pair of brown shoes or black shoes. Is your friend home? Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Do you have any LOLs on this one, or were you just fast forwarding? I I don't I don't have any LOLs on this one. I took two notes. <laughs> okay. Um, well then, uh, guys, if you've got some notes on this one, or if you want to tell us about your favorite pair of comfortable shoes, send us an email where craniacs at gmail.com. That's C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S. Craniacs on, uh, craniacs on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Check us out. We're probably the only craniacs that I know of that are on there. Um, we are on Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Um, if you don't want to give us a five-star review uh, and you want to do something else, Laurel might have a suggestion for you. I do. Um, the BBC last year did a really um, in-depth adaptation of Lemiz. Um, and I, my friend recommended it to me. She watched it on a flight. It's six one-hour episodes. And I was like, yes, I can't wait. I love Lemiz. I know the soundtrack. I went to go watch it. And I'm like 15 minutes in and nobody is singing. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and we start to get to points where I like know the songs and I'm like singing the songs, but no one on screen is singing. And then I realized it's an adaptation of the Victor Hugo novel. Oh, right, right. It's not an adaptation of the um, musical. All that being said, though, it's still really good. Mm-hmm. It's got a really good cast. Um, and 
yeah, it's really interesting. And they're only one-hour episodes, so uh, I think it's on PBS. I, but um, I'll have to I, check I really, that out. I really recommend it. I don't think I've – I haven't read the book. I don't know either of the movies. I didn't. I haven't seen any of the other stage play or any of that sort of stuff. Um, I know it's a big deal because of the rotating stage and stuff like that. Oh, that okay, so Hamilton has a rotating stage now too. So. Well, this was like the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've never seen the stage play. I've only seen the movie with Hugh Jackman in it. So, yes. um yeah. So anyway, just check that out. Uh, if you want a little bit of culture. <laughs> well, that seems like a good recommendation for this podcast. Um, yes. But yeah, go check that out, guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. But until then, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, guys.